Welcome to the 6th, possibly 5th or 7th, Annual Lucky Awards. Thank you, me, for that announcement. Hi, it's Clark Little, host of the Overlook Hour. This is the Lucky Awards. The lo- Cut the music. Cut it? Yeah. Oh, all right. Hard cut. Hard, okay. Like my peen. 15. <laughs> <laughs> Lookies, baby, how you feeling? <laughs> you love Mixed. it. Nice. Oh my God. Mixed. This is your favorite show of the year. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I stress over this show and I don't know why. Can I, can I tell you? I, I generally do like th- these because it just kind of wraps up the year. This year, <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, could not give less of a shit. <laughs> I don't know what prompted this new edition. Uh, what? But I don't hate it. Well, what new edition? Marky Mark. Marky Mark? Was he a new edition? Oh, <laughs> no. oh God. Oh, Bobby Brown. <laughs> Was he a new edition? <laughs> oh, God. What, you're not going to laugh Marky at that? Marky Mark. Come on. Okay, there they go. All right, and the jump has been made by the shark. No, no, no. We've invited many people here. We have a full band. We've got hundreds of people in the audience. This is I am occasion. also here. Oh, dude. David. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of impressions today. It's going to be great. We'll, we'll, make, uh, we'll make David do the, uh, the countdown. <laughs> I don't think he's capable. The countdown to the grave. <laughs> He's well into that countdown. Let's be very clear. All right. I'm a little nervous about this. Why? Well, this is going to be great. We're going to knock this out in 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's going to be super cool. Uh, as we said uh, on Tuesday's episode, no guests this week. We just, um, frankly, we just wanted to uh, treat this like a doctor's visit and just get it out of the way. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> You were pumped about it like two weeks ago. Hey, I'm fucking wearing a sports coat right now. Thank you very much. I'm trying to get hyped up over here. I get it. I've got the sports coat on. I've got the Tissot on. Okay. Got my Tissot. You got the Tommy Tissot? Got the Tommy Tissot. The Tommy Wiso Tissot. You know what? There's a joke in there. I don't know it. This is my Tommy Tissot. This is great. The name of the watch is, it's a Tissot. That's how you spell Tissot? T-I-S-S-O-T. Tiso. <laughs> what the hell? Oh boy. <laughs> the fury of the Eastern Bloc is amongst us. All right. Now, what, what what's our uh, rules set up format going to be this what, year? What is this, white elephant? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it. We all brought five gifts to the table. I mean, look, I, I have a, I have five. Now, um, as we said before, you know, it's we do whatever we want to do. So the rules are pretty loose. It has to be from 2021. However, even that is loose to a certain degree because, again, you know, with release dates, it's all a little funky. And I mean, I've got one on my list that shows 2020 release, but it was released here in the States in 2021. I mean, my favorite from last year, I still don't know if it's been released. (laughs) Oh, how'd you watch it? Film Festival. Oh, yeah, that is tricky. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? Just put it on your list anyway. There you go. Overlook hour, episode 210. Lucky. All right, so we're going around the table. 310, yeah. 310? Oh, God. (laughs) Wait, this is our 310 to Yuma? 
<laughs> it's our 310 to Yuma. Oh, it's our 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Damn. I don't have any questions on my list. That's a shame. Oh, spoiler too. Okay, so traditionally we went around one at a time. Yeah. I did think about, I was wondering for the sake of time, if it would just be easier if everyone just went their top five, but I don't like that. I don't like that either. I don't like it. So we'll we'll go around the room. Do we have any word? I, I think that we should open up the floor just saying of our impressions of uh, the films. Uh, look, you and I have talked a, a fair amount this week about, you know, trying to curate and collate our list. And frankly, I think this was a little tough this year. Very hard. Yeah. Um, I, I had a list, I think, of 17 films I had to pull my five from. And look, I'll be very clear. I love everything on my list. It's just I don't know. It's a strange list, and I'm okay with it. I'm I'm starting to you know learn from it a little more. Strange it, by whose standard? It's there's not because I would there, argue there is diversity, yeah. but there's not. I don't know. Somewhere I think there's an underlying theme in all of my picks, and I can't figure it out. So you think professional critics would uh, poo-poo your list? Here's the thing, and I'm, I'm going to get it more into this a little bit more, but I think that... All right, here, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and spoil things. Um, I threw in a ringer today. Mm-hmm. I kind of waited to the last minute to watch a movie till today because I figured that it was going to be enjoyable for me to watch i did not anticipate that it was going to be um one of my favorite movies i've seen in recent memory um so i had to reckon with that today um because again i i thought it was a bit of a ringer uh, and it kind of uh messed up my list so uh but i i kept number one number one and uh i don't know i've got some diversity here i don't know it's just a weird list for me and i don't know maybe you can try to distinguish whatever yeah. nonsense I'm saying once I, I say my list, but I don't know. Uh, Randy, how you feeling about yours? Good. Um, yeah, no, it was a little tough. I guess the top like 20 ish of mine. Um, I think you guys give me shit for my ratings. I think I gave more four star ratings this year or above than I have in probably several years. And so Grinch's heart grew three times. No, it's peer pressure. <laughs> I essentially, when I started the year, I started a list of movies in 2021. So I essentially ranked pretty much everything I saw. But oh. it gets pretty sketchy, like post post like 25. Because that's when you get uh, into like post alone. Uh, yeah, then you get tattoos on your face. Oh, they laugh at that, huh? I'm I'm gonna learn to hate that real quick. <laughs> Why? <laughs> What just play to it? They're here to see you. Just give them a joke. Oksana, how you feeling about your top five, or your Chris Rock, as we call it in this household? <laughs> um, I the way I justified what because there was stuff I wanted to put on my list. I had yesterday I had like a list Wolf of Cop two, but it's not this year, sadly. Okay. I mean, maybe Wolf Cop three for next year. Um. Is that a real thing? That, that didn't get a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was basically, um, I had to use some some kind of like rule, I guess, of how to decide what gets cut. And I think it's just really how personally affected I was by the film. Wow. Yeah, I'm with you. I always, 
Look, here's the thing. We'll, we'll get more into this because I've, I've already got a preloaded conversation that I'm ready to have based upon what I think is going to be on Randy's list. And oh. because I, I'm just making the assumption here. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Um, but regardless, I, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Yes. All of these movies had to hit me a certain way. That's why they're, that's why it's here. But again, it's just, it's not the diversity that I was looking for. Well, I mean, um, I tried to go off of movies that I was still interested in because, you know, you watch something and a lot of the time on the show, we don't have a lot of time to like mull through ideas or really refine anything super interesting to say. <laughs> so when you hear a title again, if I was like peaked or like, I'm like, oh shit, I would like to watch that again now. Then it's like, I think that has more value. There are elements of horror in four out of my five picks. Oh, wow. Possibly you could make maybe a slight argument for the fifth one. Okay. Um, but all of these took me on an unexpected journey. Ooh. So that is, that is why. Um, the last minute viewing seems kind of like um, like the most uphill battle for a movie, I think, because like you really don't get as much time to sit with it. For sure. So I'm, I'm surprised whenever something last minute makes it into my list. All right. Well, speaking of that, let, I want to I want to play a new game. Oh, no. Into the rookies. <laughs> OK. Is, all right. Uh, we call this segment the cutting room floor. Wait, what? Do, okay, pick something. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we paid them. All right, explain pick the something rules. Else. Come on, the rules. The cutting room floor. <laughs> no, what I want to do is I want everyone to list a couple movies, some heavy hitters that did not make your list. Oh, okay. All right. Red Rocket, not on my list. Oh, what? Same. Wait, wait, hold on. Now this doesn't work if it made other people's list, though. I'm just no. I'm just saying this is this is what we call a little tease. Okay. Just saying for us. Okay. Red Rocket did not make my list. Nightmare Alley. And you've been stalking that actress ever since you watched it. We're in love. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Nightmare Alley. Did okay. Not make my list. Love Nightmare. Alley. I'm bummed. I really thought it was going to. Malignant. Oh what you did cut not- malignant. Did not okay, make my list. All right. Now, the only conversation we've had pre-awards has been between me and you, and all of those were on your list before. Changed it! <laughs> <laughs> Psycho Gorman. Okay. Not on my list. Uh, the aforementioned Boiling Point. What am I? The Wonner. The movie, I love Boiling Point. Did not make my list. And what's one more good one here? Zola. Oh, yeah. Did not make my list. Well... Uh, you know what? Let me just uh, piggyback off that. Here we go. None of those made my list either. Okay. And I liked all of them. Uh, we even have a guest in that list, but yeah, loved them. None of them made mine. Hey, any other big ones? Um, You know, uh, there's a couple of things that... Also, Licorice Pizza, not on my list. Uh, ditto. And uh, man, I love that movie. I got a damn tattoo. <laughs> West Side Story, on my list. Well, they're quiet there. <laughs> oh, well, you got a little. It's a small laugh. It's a small laugh. Let's be honest. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, a lot of the stuff that I think kill uh, the music. This is kill them, dude. It's almost. It over. was for an intro. I didn't want it bad <laughs> for the whole thing. No, I think you did good. Those those were all big movies that are probably all on Randy's list. So, 
No. I think you outed him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there, they are. there they are. Oksana, you got any? I do. Last matinee. Oh. Um, oh, good one. Fuck. I didn't even think of that one. I know. Because it's listed as a 2020 movie, but it wasn't released yep. until 2021. Yeah. And it's really fucking good. I like the movie a lot. Um, a lot of a bad conversation around it, too. A lot of people don't understand, like, that movie had a lot of fun at its core. And they're like, oh, this was a really good slasher. And it's like, or they're like, oh, this ain't a Jallo, rolling their eyes. And it's like, fuck you. What are you, Jinko Jallo? Jinko Jallo. <laughs> Jinko Jallo. I uh, listed it originally on my, like, my tiny list I made yesterday and cut it. Was Ghostbusters Afterlife? Oh, <laughs> more like Ghostbusters Afterthought. I want to be very clear. I really enjoyed Ghostbusters. Me too. I had a blast. Too. And I heard um, a couple of people talk about it on the Dragula podcast. They one of them didn't like it because it was too aimed at kids. At least they thought. Which I don't know. They didn't pay attention. Yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like uh like I'm not super close to the original Ghostbusters like two movies or whatever. How dare you? I liked them, but I'm not like I didn't grow up watching them or anything. But this no, one rules coming for you. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it felt like sentimental. It felt like uh, not forced down your throat. Um, whoa, whoa! <laughs> that did seem like a line from the Ghostbusters movie. Uh, who historically taught me about the birds and the bees with the gatekeeper and the key master. Um, speaking of forced down your throat, last Ooh. night I, I, I was not going to mention this. Oh no! But I'm going to mention oh, this no. now. Now, all right, all right. now the reasons of why this happened are not important. Oh. Frankly, frankly, it was just an accident how Sounds this happened. Like a yada yada yada. Over hey, but last night <laughs> I watched another award show. Oh no. The 2022 AVN Awards. Oh, what? <laughs> what? I just thought it was kismet. I wanted to see if we could borrow anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm here to report no. Oh, what? You didn't learn nothing from it? It's strange. It was all, it was mostly done remotely. There was one room where there was rotating performers on, sitting on tables, like in the stage area. But everyone else was at their home on Zoom. Weird. Yeah. And then, like, one guy won, like, five awards. <laughs> he just had, like, a white T-shirt on. And some people were really dressed up. Some people, like, was wearing sweaters. It was, <sighs> it was very strange. Good. Let the award show die. Including this. One. Yeah. Also, the jokes. Oh, there's one. Also, my favorite part. Um, I, I didn't know the girl. She won <laughs> she won she won new starlet of the year. Oh, that's an award. And here's the thing. And she it was she was on Zoom. When she spoke, she was on fucking mute. Oh what? So, <laughs> so she was the only person in the world who heard her speech. Dude. Wait, she was mute the whole time? She was on mute the entire time. It that was rules. pretty great. Also, you know, I'm tired of the, the audience. You know, um, just leave. Get out. All right, they're gone. That's the band's I, next. I had to Google what that was. I don't AVN Awards. <laughs> yes, the adult video something. <laughs> News. They've been doing those since 1984. Yeah. Um, Hell of a now, year. 
the there. <laughs> by the way, there are like three hundred awards in that thing. Oh, it's crazy. It's dumb. Um, I will say that the one that won their equivalent of best picture, it's called Grand Reel. Oh, um, went to a trans film. Oh, wait, the film was like yeah, like it went from eight millimeters to sixteen or something. <laughs> The yes. film transition? Correct. <laughs> oh, if the audience was here, they would have laughed. That's good. Turn it, making it, All right. making it work. Are you ready for uh, the official start? Well, last thing, uh, Randy, did you have any uh, big ones that didn't make your cut here? Yeah, you took uh, two of mine, Red Rocket and Zola. I loved both of those. Um, Shiva Baby I liked a lot. And also, hopefully this isn't making someone's list, uh, Bad Trip. Yeah, I you know, let me tell you something. I flirted with Bad Trip. I really, Ooh, really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. It was great. All right, we good? We're good. Let's kick it off. The Lucky Awards. Top five. This weekend, we will start... With number five. All right. How do we want to kick this off? Who wants to? Uh, we'll go. I don't want to start. Oksana, ladies last. So, <laughs> Oksana, you go. Then I go. Randy Russell. Okay. I mean, from where I'm sitting, that's clockwise. Actually, yeah. Yeah. So you, yep. Randy, me. Yeah, that works. <laughs> oh. Clockwise. Ooh, <laughs> brought to you by Tiso. Oh, I fucking wish. <laughs> brought to you by uh, Cut the, the goddamn music. Okay, all right, they're fired too. Get out. All right, the band's gone. <laughs> that was good. That was our whole budget for the year. Oksani, number five. Um, so I mentioned that I was planning something. I was gonna pull a Charlie and put the Abaduk as my number five. Wait, how's that pulling a Charlie? Because I think he had a Twitter video. On oh, one of that's his right. Don't pull on Charlie. He has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no laugh. Fuck you. They're gone. Good. They left. You oh, that's fired right. them. So I fired my the band. Number. I could bring them back. No thank. You. Okay. <laughs> my number five is. No, no fake. What are you, Wyandé? <laughs> Shout out to the Jills guys. Candisha. Was Wait that a minute. this year? I looked it up. I, ch- I checked it three times. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Look at Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, where everybody is Googly. I and like how. Well, streaming release was July 2021. Oh, okay. I, right. I don't know, man. I mean, because the Deep House was this year, dude. Candisha twenty. I okay. Go for it. I mean, I guess we're American release. <sighs> it does. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll allow it. Fuck. I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a long one if we're already scrutinizing the first. I know film. what happened to throwing the rules to the wind. I know. <laughs> that was pre-show uh, I drunk can talk. Switch it to the Abaduk if you want. No, 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 no. no, can, no. no this is uh, this is great. I love it. Um, I really love the I love the ghost stories of like other cultures. This one seemed very um, new. It had an interesting backstory of how she appears differently to different people. I love how the ghost looked, or I don't even know what the hell to call her. Incantation spirit yep. monster. Um, My ex. Surprisingly gory, mm-hmm. amazing effects. Um, I, I loved it. I think you just picked it because of your favorite segment. That you were allowed to do. 
Also, can I say, all right, again, I totally thought this was last year, but, you know, great. IMDb says this year we will allow it, no problem. So, by virtue of that, one of the best kills of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, it, by a, a sweet, sweet man. So sad. I like that character a lot. Yeah. And he got fucking ripped in half. I mean, dude, <laughs> it's the fucking Lahaine of the Bloody Mary world. Randy, are you drinking a silver bullet over there? He's drinking a Bloody Mary. No, it's a beer. It's not a silver bullet. I don't know what that is, actually. Actually, I didn't mean to say silver bullet. I meant to say, <laughs> I meant to say the non-light beer, which is the banquet beer, because it was a beige can. Yeah, the bullet oh, no. is... Uh, yeah, Coors Light. Yep. Yep. I misspoke. That's my favorite cheap beer. All right. Oxana. Actually, it's not true. Indonesia has a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? Audience score. 78 yeah, with people, the other one. Yeah, people did not like it. Yeah. I, don't, I, I enjoy candy. I think it was the um, the actual artistry and the Frenchness of it all. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to steal a page out of Randy's all right, book. Yeah, speaking of <laughs> artistry in French, wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Randy, that's your cue. Yeah, my number five. If you look it up on IMDb, it also says 2020. But if you go down to release date, it says February 12th, 2021. I'll allow it. I think it's probably the earliest movie on my list. And uh, since this is a horror podcast, um, I went with a a horror choice. No way. It's a found footage choice, too. Oh, the person has been on the show and I rewatched it again last night just to kind of solidify it. But it's uh, I blame society. Excellent choice. Good job, Randy. Yep. You can go back to episode 234 to hear our interview with uh, Gillian Horvat. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's just got like a really sort of a punk rock attitude like in the movie where she's kind of just like, you know, struggling artist in L.A. and kind of like getting the runaround from shitty dudes in the business and producers <laughs> and stuff like that. And she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to make my own movie. Um, So, you know, it's got some some meta stuff in it, too, it sounds like from talking to her and kind of like working in in the industry and, you know, living in L.A. and uh. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun, and the ending uh, gets me every time. I, I love it. Absolutely love this pick. Love this movie. Did not make my list. Did not mention it because I was hoping someone else was going to say it, and I didn't want to steal the thunder. Now, I, I do want to jump in here. Um, found footage is definitely something close to us. I'm not fucking with anybody who's been related to any of our film fests, and it's only because um, if they're in our fest... I, that is us saying we love it. And I, I kind of want to talk about other things on here, especially with next month being found footage February. Yeah. Got a lot of celebrating. And also, um, I Blame Society opened our online fest because we, we had to show yeah. people we were serious, but also that we were having fun. Yeah. And uh, amazing film. Yeah. Also, my number one review, I think, on Letterboxd, which is just I Blame Society greater than promising young woman there's no question stand by that <laughs> there's no question <laughs> uh, well i think this is a uh very very fortunate uh chain of events that is happening right now as randy uh just mentioned a movie that we have uh talked about on this show we have uh interviewed said filmmaker mm-hmm. on this show we showed this in the film festival and all of those match my pick Oh, all right. We have talked to this gentleman multiple times. Uh-oh. We may or may not be showing his work in the near future. I have no idea. 
This is Bad Ben Nine <laughs> Benign. Dude. That is my number five. When I was thinking about I, I wanted to have a a you know, I look, I have to have some sort of comedic element in, the, in my top five list, and I was trying to figure out what was going to take that spot, and it was between this and Bad Trip, and for a while, I thought about maybe splitting the baby. Oh, I didn't even think of Bad Trip. Yeah, thought about splitting the baby there, but uh, decided that uh, it was time for Nigel to uh, etch his place in my top five, as even, you know, again, uh, Bad Bad Night is not my favorite of the franchise. That that belongs to seven, but I loved benign. We we had talked about it briefly, and I think if uh, you're a listener of the show and you've never ventured into Bad Ben, honestly, I think Bad Ben Nine, even though it is a little bit of a, it's deep in its own lore by this point. I think it's a great example of a uh, the best of the franchise. Like it's all in the house. It's got a lot of uh, it, great moments. It's, it's never full boring. Throttle Nigel. Yeah, I I really do think that is a great example of all of his work. Yeah, yeah. Although you are right, number seven is just bonkers. It's, that shit is I, I weird. Love, I love seven, but um, and I love this. It, I just think that. I mean, look. You remember when we watched this film? We had to pause it because I had I couldn't breathe. You couldn't stop. Yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. You fell on the ground. I fell on the ground, convulsing, trying to breathe. Yeah. I mean, one dude in his marijuana is a hell of a drug. It's crazy, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, Nigel, dude, good job. I didn't even think. Ah, I think my list might be a little weird because it's so hard. There's so much film, and uh, we watch it all year, and we kind of like dance with it one time. And then it moves on into the ether. Yeah. Because you mentioned earlier, a lot of the time when we watch movies, it's homework. Like, it does kind of feel that way. Like, yeah. oh, I got to watch something so I can talk about it. Yeah. And we might end up loving it. But once we talk about it on here, rarely do I ever revisit yeah, it. Yeah, we got to keep putting coal in the train, dude. I mean, fuck. Think of all the movies we cover on here. Like, each of us might do two films a week. Yeah. And then, you know, you want to try and say something interesting about it. Yeah, it makes you think, what what's life living for me? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, this is one of my highlights of every week. What's so. this life Same. For? All right. Well, it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to let you guys pick. Again, I can't do a top what five. What the fuck does that mean? I can't do a top five. I. It's just, you know, how do I rank something? I could rank <sighs> it by time. my, my uh, entertainment value. But honestly, dude... There's recency biased. There's like, what am I currently into? I mean, honestly, I'm reading more than I'm watching movies now. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but I do have categories. So I'm going to throw them out. Uh, you know what? You can pick in the order that we uh, have given our list. So, Oksana, do you want, which me and Oksana have not talked at all about our list. So I'm a little worried we're going to no, have crossover. like communication problems between you two. <laughs> and I'm not getting anywhere near that. Continue. Um, <laughs> all right. So do you want my favorite indie, my favorite horror? My favorite hybrid, my favorite theater experience, or my favorite fantasy film? Um, fantasy film. All right. You picked the toughest one, of course. <laughs> and it's okay. Here's the thing fantasy. I've, I've gotten cute with this in the past. I think, um, what is the movie? I just talked to you about it. The one from the director of uh, Trick or Treat later went on to make a whole career out of making uh, kids' films. He did one about a dog adventuring across the country trying to find his family. A Dog's Way Home. Dog's Way Home. I think that was mine last year for, like, adventure fantasy. Take the dog's way This home. year, there's been... 
there's been a bunch of stuff. I'll say right now, um, I'm not going to get too deep into it. I watched Spine of Night. This is what most of you have been telling me. Um, Madeline R.I.P., one of the uh, co-founders for UF, uh, did a screening presentation online of this film, and she kept telling me there's this rotoscoped fantasy movie. This is could not be more up your alley. You need to you need to have these guys on the show. You need to watch your movie. It's not out till next year. Well, the movie's been out. <laughs> Yellow Veil picked it up. I I have this weird pressure whenever people say this is for me. I avoid it like the fucking plague. I don't know why. I watched it. It's not my number one. I I loved it. It'll come up later. Um, I'll bring it up next week or something. Uh, there's also Mad God, which was a fucking claymation, apocalyptic uh, dreamscape of nightmares. This thing, um, the Phil Tibbet film, I talked about it. I don't know on what episode. That movie deserves every award. It's not my pick. There's another movie I saw in the theater that uh, I loved, and I got a ton of grief from listeners for bringing it up and discussing it three separate times on the show. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the Green Knight, um, and you know, I just—it's uh, not my pick. The fucking the fox—it it lingers. Um, it, we we deal a little bit too much in pretension here when I'm thinking of entertainment. Although I did love the uh, bathed in light that uh, Jasadi Perkins said told me about the new technique with lighting, and I I love this film. David Lowry, you're amazing. Clark, do you want to say something? I have no idea what's happening. Uh, what is your movie? Three, my movie is uh, the one that I uh, convinced Randy to join in on, The Last Duel, uh, directed by Ridley Scott, with writers of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, based on a true book. Now, I'm breaking many of my own fantasy rules here. This is you a- left one out, too, I think. Which one? Nicole Holof Center. What is she that? She writes the third part. <laughs> oh, I did. Okay. No, no, yeah, there is one. I know I was trying to make a point that I hate Ben She's Affleck and I hate Matt Damon. And sure. they both have major roles in this. Why? Too. He's the best Batman we've ever had. Yeah, there are three screenplay writers here. Now, um, ah, man, there's some uh, Ridley Scott. Talk about a director I, I loved and trusted who has made a ton of weird shit and has become a weird like. What's he making movie for? You loved guy. and trusted Ridley Scott? Yeah, man. He's, he's a made... scumbag. He killed his brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot the wrong Scott died. That's right. You know, dude, where's the audience? Well, we shouldn't have fired them. <laughs> um, anyway, I came into this film. This is another one. I avoided it. I'm like, wait, there's a... Okay, one, I don't love historical films. Like, uh, dude, I want fantasy elements. Now, without going deep in this film, because we haven't talked about it on the show... The reason it is my favorite fantasy film is because when you talk about tabletop games and being here, I'll start with that. I think being a nerd is exploring systems and understanding how they work. This is why we love Marvel movies or Star Wars, both of which I'm thoroughly bored with. But when you're dealing with fantasy, Tolkien, you know, he created a world. uh, He's a linguist. With The Last Duel, we get a great example of... uh, France in what the fucking 1200s seen through three different eyes and we're doing a Rashomon thing here so we have like some interesting film language I think Ridley Scott directed the fuck out of this film um and there are moments in it that I still think about there's a moment where Matt Damon is being knighted in the middle of the woods and there's a small treasure chest on a stump and a representative of the church takes out a necklace and knights him for the second time Uh, a dude who's driven by honor in such a way that he would give up everything uh, 
to enter war for the king as a kind of like one of three main character storyline. I, mean, I love it. There's uh, talks of land ownership. They write out and look it over. There are maps drawn out, dowries. There's a man paid in 300 gold coins who gives signature and stamps in wax a uh, document. I fucking loved it. I love this goddamn movie. Out of nowhere. This was a last minute watch for me too. Fantastic film. I could not be more thrilled about it. So if you're a D&D player and you've recommended people watch uh, Conan the, the Destroyer, which is a great example of what the feel of that game is, if you play the game we've been playing for five years, Adventure of Conqueror King, or if you're interested, I recommend you watch The Last Duel. That's what it's about. Being, uh, you know, uh, feudal England and owning land. And there, there's a moment in this film where they collect taxes. Absolutely love it. Okay. Um, I am, um, as CEO <laughs> and proprietor of this show, <laughs> I'm enforcing a new rule from here on out. No, don't bring up a time clock. You cannot... <laughs> besmirch any quote cool guy movies coming oh from hell me no no this because is of my this cool ridley guy. scott bullshit no no, no. this is so my what cool i guy. bring to the table oh uh fucking guy Ritchie movies oh no that are fucking cool all right you be cool too. i, I promise you and I when will. moonfall hits the u.s and i talk about how it's the greatest movie of all time uh-huh you're going to agree, and you're going to hit that laugh and applause button the whole way There's through. no button. And you're going to have a great time. All right. You know, the theater of the mind. Also, you can your read. segments can't go 30 minutes. <laughs> when you, again, this was my most complicated one. This won't happen again. Um, fantastic film. I, I fucked up. I should have saw it in the theater. This is one of the rare films, too, that played in the theater. Also, Adam Driver, love him. Love him. He's one yep. of the, yeah, I'm not even going to talk. You know, maybe he's, it will come up later he's, on. He's good. He's really good. Matt, and Matt Damon looks really cool. Matt Damon, you mean Theo Vaughn. Beat yeah. you to it, Randy. And if the audience was here, they'd be dying. <laughs> but I was so mad when Randy texted that. He's like, dude, Theo Vaughn was so great. Good. Like, you stole my fucking joke, dude. All right. Yeah, Last Duel, my favorite fantasy film. All right. Hell yeah. Breaking rules. It's time for... Uh... What? They're gone. You want me to get them back? Yeah, no. Don't worry about that. Okay. I'll bring in David. Now... <laughs> It is time for number four. Today, I was thinking of numbers. Oksana, I think he's done. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to cut you know, him off. The parody of a paid guest is just, that's a new low for you. Yeah. All right. 2022. And I, I do promise I will, not, I will not make fun of your cool guy films. Thank you so much. I promise you. Thank you so much. Oksana, number four. Um, I almost mentioned Mad God as one of the ones that didn't make my list, but I love because that movie is amazing and I can't wait to own it and rewatch it. I love claymation stop motion. One of the ones you mentioned actually did make my list and it was a super last minute watch that we just watched today and it's Spine of Night. Good. I'm glad. So... No one recommended it to me because I'm not like the uh, outspoken fantasy fan or anything. <laughs> but one of the things that always I've always uh, struggled with is the efficiency of skeletons as a military unit. <laughs> <laughs> and this yeah. movie changed my mind. It had love. It had like um, metalocalypse levels of like gore, 
that's the the first thing any write-up about this says it's like hyper violent um it's animated which i enjoyed so you um, don't like harryhausen i do there's a lot of that have you seen jason and the argonauts yeah i'm not sure i don't, I don't think, think so. she's seen it okay well yeah. i just mean like in tabletops like russell's <laughs> Russell's characters love to like resurrect skeletons and then they die in it's not moments. True. You know the skeletons the the bones are their money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to bring back in the audience at some point. You can't be telling jokes like that, dude. So are the worms. <laughs> this one it almost felt like an anthology even though it was like it was one long epic story that spanned generations. Um the voice acting was great. Lucy Lawless as the main character, and I forgot to look up who the other guy is. Fantastic. I think you're talking about Richard E. Grant as the Guardian. Uh, from With Nell and I. Also, um, he was... Uh, Randy, what was that movie he did with uh, Melissa McCarthy that's good? The Heat. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he won an Oscar. We also got a Larry Fessenden in here. Oh, yeah. And you a... Got- Thoroughly distracting Patton Oswalt. Oh boy, um, His, I, I didn't that. hate him. Yeah, but it fit the character he was voicing. Did it sound him. like Ratatouille? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I've only seen Ratatouille one time, but Ratatouille is great. I mean, it's not like he's doing anything to his voice. I saw a tweet the other day, and Patton Oswalt replied to it. Uh, the tweet was just: Has anyone ever thought that the the bad guy in Ratatouille? is a bad guy just because he didn't want mice cooking his food. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of the Keen Peel skit. Where he's like, it's a ratatouille. And that rat like makes a sandwich for his friend. Yeah. It's all chewed on. <laughs> yeah. I all right. You got anything else on Spine Tonight? Um no. I think I'll leave it at that. Right. I really liked it. I all would right. like to get into that movie more, but now's not the place. Randy. Yes, four. sir. My number four is a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to clear my throat. A documentary streaming on Hulu currently. It is a documentary about the Harlem Cultural Music Festival, which took place in Harlem in 1969, the same summer as Woodstock. Uh, The footage from this... Um, so it, it was a event that took place over many weekends, uh, but apparently like hundreds of thousands of people showed up throughout the weekends that, uh, that the concert was happening and, uh, the footage, I think there was like a one time event where they showed like two hours of it on like news back in like 1969. And then the footage just sat in a basement until the last couple years. Um, so yeah, summer of soul or when the revolution could not be televised directed by Questlove. Uh, is my number four. It opens with a just an amazing performance um, from a very young Stevie Wonder, uh, just absolutely killing it on drums, which I didn't know he was a drummer as well. Um, so it started off the movie strong. There's great performances from B.B. King, Nina Simone, Gladys Knight. Um, ton of just really great performances. Like the footage looks amazing too. They basically shot everything just with sunlight. There was no like budget for like lighting and everything, but they kind of just like, had the stage facing the sun for the most of the day. So they get like the peak um, amount of sunlight for all the footage and everything is great. And yeah, the, the music is really good, but it's also intercut with um, interviews with people who were there or some of the musicians that are still living to this day. Um, One particular that 
is very, it gets a little dusty when you're watching it. It is a, a, a kid who was there um, when he was like very young. So he like barely remembers it. And since this footage had been sitting in a basement for so long, it hadn't been seen. So he didn't know if this memory was real or not. And so they're showing him the footage again. And then they're kind of like talking to him about it. And he gets, he gets very emotional. He's like, I've, I've lived with this memory that this thing happened and that I was there with my parents. Um, but he never like could corroborate it. Cause this, it was just like, wasn't really a thing that was like talked about or shown too much. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great doc and it's streaming on Hulu. I know I've been meaning to watch this. Uh, I've seen this on several lists. Looks great. I love a young BB King. BB Burger King. When my, um, triple B, when I went home, uh, we went, my, my sister lives like 30 miles from the, um, BB King museum. Mm Mm-hmm. And so oh, we yeah. went there in Indianola. Uh, it's the second time I've been, and but we took our kids. Obviously, my mom was there because my mom wanted to go. Had never been. Beautiful museum, incredible museum. His actually his gravesite is there as well at the museum. I, I mean, they it, they done a great job. And actually, they did a lot of work since the last time I was there over a decade ago. They actually added his tour bus um, at the end of the tour. His, one of his huh. Rolls Royces. Uh, and it also just uh, it also does a very good job of just you know obviously you know big part of the civil right civil right move yeah oh boy the civil rights movement um, and then also just you know uh, talking about you know um, northern you know hill country blues and all that stuff uh, very great well my two year old niece went and um, oh, no. you know she's she's learning to talk <laughs> and. Uh, B.B. King is a very easy word she can say. Mm-hmm. So, and she was into it. You know, every time she, and there's plenty of pictures of B.B. King. So she pointed to the picture, said, B.B. King. Well, the problem was that every African-American gentleman, <laughs> <laughs> she saw B.B. King. Did so, you laugh? Of course. Yeah. That's the problem with children. It's adorable. They're always hunting for the laugh. BB King. And when she saw when she saw BB King's tour bus, she went, BB bus. Oh, I like that. <laughs> she sure. My number four. Here's the thing, guys. You 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 understand that I have an issue. Of course, we talk about my issues with fantasy film all the time. We're gonna do your top right? five issues in yes. 2021. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we do every episode to a certain extent. I don't like I have a problem with period pieces to a okay. certain extent. Now, every movie's of its period. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> That's a it. dumb argument. <laughs> yes. Um, but, and so a, a, a movie about a nun in the 1600s on paper does not excite me. A nun? A nun. Oh. A nun, yes. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Ruinon there's, again. There's probably none in the 1600s. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty easy to make, I imagine. In a clay pot or whatever they're doing. But you throw in Paul Verhoeven. And then we got a different game here. And and then also, you know, sprinkles on top. We got some lesbian nuns. And uh, let's party. Benedetta is my number four, which again, you know, I think we had discussed on Tuesday that we had snuck this in uh, at the witching hour trying to make the cut. And uh, boy, loved it. It's, um, I mean, what can you say? It's, he's still got it. He's what, 119 years old? I think like 87. And yeah. this thing, here's, here's why I love it so much. Farts. I, 
Man, there's some good fart stuff in here. <laughs> there's good fart stuff in here. Symmetrical areolas. I really like this script. I think this script is really good. I think it's really sharp. I And I love um, the actress who played Benedetta Virgine. You can Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte Rampling is always great. The guy who played who played the junior pope with the fancy hat, he was great. Lambert Wilson, Alfonso. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. And the other lesbian, she was great. This is I mean, I loved every second of this thing. I mean, it is vile, <clears throat> terrible CG that I could not give less of a shit and frankly, it worked even more. It was more effective to me um than had it been good CG. And I don't know if I can explain that. Hold on. Now, just so everybody, in case you missed that, in case uh, Clark's soothing voice lulled you to sleep, he just said he liked the CG fire in Benedetta. Yeah, it works. All right. We should have a special award for best use of CG fire. There's like a CG sky at one point, too, that like I didn't hate either. It was. No, I didn't hate the the movie. I hated the fire, though. I will say that. And again, Paul Verhoeven. This movie is dripping with satire. Yes. So I, yep. I again, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that on purpose. Of course. That's why. Yeah, that's why sure. it just it, it was a whole package for me, man. I just like God. This is so. This is so much better than it needs to be. Yeah. And this is if you're going to make a movie about a nun in the 1600s, and for me to like it, this is the <laughs> only way to do it. This is the only way to do it. What was that comedy that had a bunch of comedians in it that was all taking place in like a church or something? It came out years ago. Your Highness. It had Audrey Plaza in it. Oh, did not like it. Okay, uh, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. is that called? The Little... Like the Little Hours? Yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Dude, it was named after you and you don't like it? I, I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> it, did not, it did not resonate at all to me. And this was like a warm, lesbian... Latrine. Penis, penisless <laughs> Jesus blanket. Oh, dude, Jesus, you know, honestly, he could have been in my favorite fantasy those, of the year. Those fantasy sequences with Jesus? Yeah. I mean, that's joy. Fantastic. That is that is pure joy. That was some Old Testament justice he was dealing with. Oh, out. man. I, I love Benedict. <laughs> four, four is pretty high. I don't know. It, this, these are all flip-flop. I love Benedetta. Okay, so you think it actually could be higher? If you were to refine your list. Um, you know what? To be honest with you, I could have flip-flopped three and four. Okay. All but right. uh, we'll get into three here in a minute. Can can we do can we take a two minute break? For what? I have to pee. Oh and, and okay. I don't want to miss anything. Do okay, it. okay. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, here, uh, let's bring the band back in and then um Oh, let's do this. <laughs> we'll have uh you know what? Uh band, can you play the theme? It's two minutes long, so I know. <laughs> you, you know, um, I think it was one of the episodes from this year. We had a guest come on who uh, I'm still kind of conflicted about how I did it. But I talked to him about how he appeared on another podcast and they recorded for five and a half hours straight without cutting. <laughs> and he had admitted that he had peed twice while recording into a cup. <laughs> God. And uh, I remember that I can't place the name though. Okay, okay, let's play a little game. 
the guest was on promoting his Amityville movie. I've never seen one, so I don't know. <laughs> oh. Amityville um, Poltergeist. Uh huh. Calvin McCarthy. Yeah. Friend of a uh, good friend of the show and of uh, the Unnamed Footage Festival, um, Zach Carter, who uh, turned us on to his film. Um, yeah, he. <laughs> The, the, honestly, I'm not going to name the podcast again. They uh, they do well on YouTube, but they were not nice to him, and it was one of the worst treatments I've ever seen <laughs> of like a guest on a show. And uh, they mostly he was on just, Rogan, like, right? Yeah, it was on Rogan. <laughs> 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 but they were just kind of like mean to him, and he, you know, he's a guest there, but they mostly just ignored him, and he would pop in while they're arguing. I don't know. It was good, but again talking about calvin because he did pee into a receptacle twice while on camera on a podcast and you know those guys probably did too right i mean five five hours straight i don't know i don't know i what's the etiquette there i would imagine you would just get up and uh leave and not even say anything they're kind of harsh to each other i mean i, I mean we kind of are but dude <laughs> And he has returned. Here, I should play the door sound. Oh, welcome back, Clark. Thank you. We had a lot of riveting conversation about prior guest Calvin McCarthy from Amityville Poltergeist. Russell John. Amityville Poltergeist would have made my top five, except it came out in 2020. You're number four. Hindsight is 2020. All right, what is what Rubik's cube do we have to solve now? <laughs> All right, my uh, cork board with with the yarn attached um, is quite confusing as I look at my list. You know, I'm going to give one away just because I think the um, the uh, category I created for it uh, two minutes ago uh, kind of gives away the thing anyway. This year at the Unnamed Footage Festival, we've added a new subgenre subcategory of uh, in world camera cinema. This is a little bit of us uh, letting in other voices and acknowledging kind of a blind spot. Uh, we're calling it found footage hybrid films. These are films that only have, you know, certain parts, maybe moments that are in world camera, but, you know, further the conversation of uh, found footage in general. And it's been an oversight for us. And this year I decided that um, I'd like to honor that by bringing up a film we had talked about on here previously. Uh, this film is a hybrid found footage film. And the parts that were found footage also happen to take place underwater. I am, of course, talking about The Deep House. Uh, this film is a perfect example of the type of movies I love. Um, people critique the fuck out of this film for all of the technical flaws, mostly relating to screenplay and or maybe like acting or even tropes of um, horror genres where... Uh, jump scares are forced. Maybe a cat runs out of a closet. Well, if you didn't enjoy the fish, the CGI fish coming out of the closet that uh, cued an audio jump scare, then I don't know if we could be friends. Um, the pure mystery of things that I've never seen in film is enough for me to think about this movie regularly. A dude on a rocking horse underwater uh, discovering books that haven't been damaged yet have remained underwater for decades a um, staircase that, you know, isn't CG or fake that's actually underwater, probably from a flood. A um, 
drone made for underwater that played music. It's an underwater boombox. This film is fantastic. Um, Julian and Alexandra uh, are the directors of a film that Clark uh, became savvy to, I believe, this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of set us down this like pathway of exploring their legacy from inside to uh, Candisha. And their new film, um, The Deep House. I just, man, I love it. I, It's fantastic. So I think it's a great example of a film that may not be completely found footage, but can definitely deepen our understanding of the subgenre. I really enjoyed The Deep House. And when it impressed me, it's hard to find something that could impress me more. Because part of it is just, I don't, I have no idea how they made this exactly. work. I know. Fantastic. Um, where the deep house drowns for me is in the storytelling. <clears throat> yeah. Um, however, it's forgivable and I, I, I will rewatch the deep house. Uh, uh, yeah. But what, again, what a fantastic pair of filmmakers though. Like, Oh yeah, man. Inside Candisha, the deep house, like that's a, you could be proud of those films. Yeah. Groundhog day too. <laughs> I mean, geez, dude. Yeah, I've um, I get yeah. So that's my not a number, but that's my favorite hybrid film of the year. Again, we are again the unnamed footage festival five is happening this year, and we have a whole category of hybrid films. They are not considered for this list. This is our lowbrow fun podcast where I want to make a very opinionated uh, argument for a film that most people do not like. Uff, that's very serious, and I love all of them. So don't even ask me about them. Love it. All right, now we're rolling into number three. I've killed Lynch, so we're done with that bit. So I'm all just right. going to keep it. Well, the band's back. All right. So go going. ahead, band. Number three. <laughs> number three. <laughs> My number three movie. I couldn't even describe it after we watched it. Um, Wait, what? I had a hard time fully understanding what I had just watched. Hey, what? Get out. (laughs) They snuck back in with the band. I listened to other podcasts that made me just want to rewatch it. And luckily, it showed up in the mail today, and it's Titan. Oh, oh, is there a crossover? Okay, I won't won't bring that up, but. Yeah, I think this is our our year of crossover. Um, It's Titan. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, on the on the ride home, like Russell and I saw this in a movie theater. Um, it was, I don't know. It was a fantastic date night. We drove out of town. We went to a theater we'd never been in. Everybody was alive. It was deep in the COVID era, but people didn't care. They were out there enjoying themselves. They all seemed to be tweens. They were eating outdoors. We felt so old and out of place. Yet we <laughs> climbed into a theater. It was packed for Titan. Titan. Who nobody can understand the title. It's Titan. And nobody walked out. It was a beautiful mystical night. Uh, yeah, I mean. I, I, one of the the opening song where she's dancing on the car has been on my playlist ever since uh, we saw this. I, I, it feels like you can rewatch it and have like new theories about what's going on, whatever. It's one of those movies that like you can keep talking about no matter how many how many times you've seen it. And it made me scream in the theater. There was a um, fantastic write up about uh, Teton in Fangoria. 
that I, um, you know, being an opinionated podcast host, they said a bunch of things that were completely counter to what I had said on the show when we reviewed it. And I still think they were correct. There's a lot of room here to get lost in thought and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the cellar dwellers did a really good, like they basically like walked through the whole movie and, uh, you know, interjected their commentary. That's one of the podcasts I listen to. I do want to read that article. Also, RIP to the cellar dwellers. And we love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we, we should have never introduced you to Randy. We knew this would happen, but we love you and we still think about you. <laughs> they they joined marbles in the sound cloud <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. All right, well then don't. Yeah, it's fine. You can stop now. You're great. Um, I imagine there will be more talk on this in the very near future. <laughs> Randy, three, please. My number three is streaming on my favorite uh, pretentious art house uh, streaming service that I pay for and barely use. Love it's it. on Mubi. It is this director's uh, final film. He finished it just before uh, passing away. He's been around for a while. He directed House or Houseu. Uh, it's called Labyrinth of Cinema. I talked about it on here, but I never... I talked about, like, the first half on here. Um, and I mentioned that it was very maximalist in its style, and it was kind of uh, hard for me to get into, but I ended up going back to it and finishing the second half, and uh, I loved it, and it really stuck with me. Uh, so essentially, the movie uh, is a movie about watching movies. There's um, So there's this, like, sea town in Japan... Uh, and it's the last night of this cinema being in business. Uh, so they're doing a Japanese marathon of a bunch of war movies. Uh, lightning like strikes the theater and some of the audience members end up like going into the films that are being shown and um, essentially like find their way through and they like meet this girl who's in the movie and they get into a bunch of different random situations. But essentially towards like the last third when the movie kind of slows down. Um, it becomes about them trying to save her from uh, the bombing on Hiroshima. Um, so they essentially know that she's going to be there um, the day that the bombing happens. So it ends up becoming like uh, an anti-war movie, and I did not see it coming, and I really loved it. Um, it is three hours long, and I do want to go back and watch it like properly like with all three hours um, and kind of just you know sit through it. Um, but... Yeah, it's uh, I've been meaning to go back to it, and I probably will soon. But if you got a movie, it's uh, it's a good one. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I thought you were going to say something. I I was, but then I was. Randy, did you end up watching Beach Houseula? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I don't know if you can. They they replayed it for the second race racer trash that I thought was going to be the last. They opened yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I think I was in Florida movie. when it was happening. Oh, that sounds a perfect idea. <laughs> <laughs> is movie the only place this is available? I think so. I believe there is a Blu-ray out. I know they have one um, at a local video store here, but I'm not Based sure who off, released it. Might be Shout Factory off, or something. Based off Randy's description, I think it's also streaming in hell. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Why didn't you drop the name of the video store? You used to fucking have the tattoo on your neck, and now you won't even... Because I'm also wearing their t-shirt, and I didn't want to be redundant <laughs> for those on this video call. 
My number three has already been briefly mentioned in Uh Russell's clusterfuck of his first review. Hey, fantasy's a deep one for me. I touched on it, though. Yes, you did. Ooh. So uh, this was a surprise pick. This was one. This is a film that um, I'm going to be honest in, in in many of the circles that we all occupy here. And I think that we occupy many different circles because <laughs> I think that our reach is far and deep and our interests are varied. However, uh, I believe to some extent this film was on everyone's radars. This actually got pushed back because of uh, the Corona-19 novel virus. So, the Green Knight, dude, was pushed to this year. Now fuck again, yeah. I don't give a fuck about fantasy. I don't give a Same. fuck about King Arthur. I don't give a fuck about knights. I don't give a fuck about castles. Frankly, when I see that, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> it does not interest me at all. I just think it's I it just what it's a waste of time. The Green Knight is something different. And I, part of the reason why I love this film is because of the reception that this film got and the trailer that was released. And then the people that saw the movie were like, where's the fucking action? Yeah. And there's not. Here's why I love this story. Because it's about a fucking loser (laughs) (laughs) who figures it out and it's too late. And I can only say to all of you, my loved ones here, that it hit a little close to home. (laughs) (laughs) And what I mean by that, in the best of ways, Mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, this motherfucker procrastinated, man. Like, the gauntlet was thrown. He had a year to prepare. Yeah. And did absolutely nothing. He partied. And he partied with whores, man. And then it was time to go. He's like, all right, let's just go do the thing. And <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, it's a beautiful story. And I, I, I love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, uh, I love the Blu-ray I have of it. And I think about it every now and then. Um, the thing about fantasy that I think loses you is I like the conflict of like uh, overly masculine characters, and I think swords are just cooler than guns. Yeah, so I like I disagree. It. And uh, honestly, that's part of the reason why I like the uh, the last duel because it's kind of like in the face of society, a dude has bent the bureaucratic uh, rule to conjure up this old archaic law that said, you know what, we're gonna fight, and God's gonna decide who's right, which just seems so barbaric. Yeah, and it's like. Uh, again, the last duel, not a lot of combat. There's not a lot of fighting. Yeah. But when it when it's there, it's there. And with with this, you know, we're we're dealing, you know, it's a road movie to a certain extent as well. Um, also, mm-hmm. you know, come is back in movies. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, I think my favorite scene is, is towards the end where he he's learned some things on his journey, but yeah. he's he's not prepared when he gets to the court of the Green Knight. Yeah. And he gets there, and the Green Knight's not ready for him. (laughs) And he just sits. One of the more profound moments in in the film. And um, that that one really, really hit me. And uh, I don't know, man. I was was just enamored by the Green Knight. uh, That makes me so happy. Don't expect any more. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also, you mentioned when he goes on his journey and he's not prepared, the best thing about it is that he gets jumped by some fucking losers who uh, in turn yeah. may be my favorite portrayal of like evil poor people in fantasy ever. Yeah. They're so full of character. Well, they, it's such they, a good moment. It kind of reminded me of uh, um, uh, Holy Grail. Oh, okay. we got the people just slapping mud on the ground, dude. Uh, the fight, the last duel, lot of Holy Grail in there. Really, it just feels like it. Like there are moments with uh, uh, Matt Damon, aka Theo Vaughn, that feel like, <laughs> oh, this is fucking Lancelot, dude. Like straight up, oh. like, dude, you got to watch it. To be clear, that's my favorite fantasy book. Okay. Oh, really? Of course. I mean, it was mine for like decades of my life. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's great. Yeah. All right, my turn. All right, I'm going to throw it back to you guys. What do you want? My favorite. Uh, Indi- it's what? Randy's go. It's Randy's. Yeah, it's right Ra- because Oxana did it, and then and you skipped one. So it's Randy's, then mine, yeah. then you do the you last. You gave one. up your hybrid one. Yeah, without anyone picking it. So it's Randy's turn to decide. Oh, okay. You set these rules. Oh yeah, yeah. Randy, you pick. Okay. Um, Randy, what do you want? Do you want my favorite uh, uh, indie adventure? Um, that's just like production. You know, kind of small budget uh do you want my favorite horror film or do you want my favorite theater experience let's go theater experience all right theater you know we didn't get out much honestly um i'm gonna take a moment here and i'm gonna i'm gonna plug our local alamo the alamo sf uh jake isgard who's been on the show before he who is a uh viking of cinema has resurrected the uh the fallen bird of legend and out of the flames comes terror tuesday and weird wednesday they're back i have not been feeling great and potentially contagious so i've been doing my part in society and staying home i am uh as of tomorrow we'll be back in the theater and i want to see a lot um 2021 i didn't have a ton of theater experiences but i did make it out to this movie twice and um Partially just because we don't get a lot of these films. And by a lot, I mean of the found footage genre, specifically screen life. Uh, When we're playing a little bit of logistics here and it's like, well, if you go on IMDb, this says it came out in 20 blank. This one says it came out in 2018 in Russia. But I'm talking about Profile. Um, Beautiful wartime screen life film. There's a word. There's a term I fucking hate. That uh, one of my loves of my life, just he keeps using it. And I'm, t- of course, talking about Clark Little here. Gaslighting. I hate it. Gaslighting. And, you know, it's my own fault. I listen. I used to listen to too much politics. I'm really trying to get that out. And yet I'm here talking about a political movie. And, you know, gaslighting is when you try to convince somebody that their reality is different. And um, Profile is a beautiful example. Uh, we have an undercover journalist who is dealing with ISIS. And she thinks she's in control. Yet the romantic story offered by this modern day night, uh, she gets wrapped up in it. And it's fantastic. I mean, if you want to talk about becoming radicalized online, if you want to talk about war in um, international waters, if you want to talk about format and how um, the way you make your film can really change the way the story's told and felt. This film had me guessing at who the editor was, whose eyes, whose computer were on. It had me guessing what we were going to do. It constantly had me amazed at the way they used um, like Foley diegetic noise because I don't think it's really there. There's a train outside of her apartment 
that becomes important to the narrative. It has me thinking of the Blue Angel and early talkies and uh, just how incredible, like how much one noise can like conjure up in an audience. Like we all get it. That's uh, that's the bell hitting midnight. We all know what that means and we didn't waste any exposition on it. Profile was fantastic. And I went twice and both times I left uh, enamored. And we're not showing it at our film fest, so I, I wanted to give it the platform again. I highly recommend seeking this one out. I, not enough people watched it. And, um, you know, with the whole Middle East uh, shit happening this year and last year, I, I think it is kind of touchy. But, I mean, uh, this is uh, dealing with English folk, so, you know. I thought this was just above mediocre. mm you got more <laughs> from a, from a performance standpoint. Okay, um, and also, hmm, I liked the <laughs> minimalism <laughs> of everything. Oh yeah, um, and you know, again, no, I I love screen life, but this one. I, it felt... Did you see it in the theater? Yes. Okay. I, it, Were you there with us? Yes, the first time. Okay, I couldn't. I can't it, remember. Uh, us three and Jasadi. Yeah. Shout out to Jasadi. It felt contrived. And that's a slippery slope that sometimes we can run into with found footage. And I felt that with this one. Now, um, I, I'll push back on you there. Only because uh, I think the release time kind of helped that. Where this film was remade back when ISIS was kind of like a big deal. And then it just got caught up in like production limbo. Like um, it came out in 2018, but I think it was done in like 2016 or something. It was like years. I think it was it may be completed in 2018 and not released until. Well, it says released in Russia in 2018. So whenever it was done, I know it took a long time and it kind of came out at a weird moment. Putin was a big fan. Yeah, he produced it. (laughs) It came out in a weird moment. It, I mean, that would be great to kind of shift. I uh, assuming that the movie had uh, made more of an impact, but um, yeah, don't poo poo my fucking five, okay? I'm not poo pooing. I'm not poo pooing. Call my shit mediocre, right? I'm just. I'm not poo pooing. All right. I know. I I know how much you love this movie. All right. Now, uh, yeah, profile. Anybody else want to come in and poo poo my fucking film? <laughs> I almost put this one on my list too. I loved it. Um. I don't know, the screen life, storytelling, it's just, this is the same guy who did both Unfriended's. Yep. Um, Timur, uh, last name unpronounceable, yep. Bekmabetov. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he had his, his hands in a lot of films, from uh, the Russian film Daywatch to uh, Nightwatch. Also in the remake of Ben-Hur. Uh, oh, worked on... Him. Worked on, uh, it was a producer on Blue Whale, which is a found footage film. Unfollowed producer. Uh, he's got his film in a lot of this stuff. He was uh, worked on Unfriended. This is a guy I'd love to get on the show. Although I think he's actually making some good money and would not <laughs> spend the time here. <laughs> but I did want to, yeah, put a spotlight well, on we'll there. Probably have to learn his name. And that's I know, of- right? <laughs> uh, all right. Now, before we get into the next round, yeah. I have an award to give. Oh, boy. All right, man, come on. All right. Now, you think we're just doing top fives here. In fact, all of you think that because I didn't tell any of you about this. Here we go. But our favorite segment, our absolute favorite segment, it's often overlooked. Female bag. We have our favorite email of the year. Now, I've poured through all of them. 
I believe uh, we had multiples upwards of two to three. Uh, one of them was a uh, callback to one of our favorite guests who uh, is still AWOL. We're, I don't know if we're exactly looking for him, but Creepy Clark, and they wanted some two-sentence horror stories. You know, I see you out there, Brench Fry, but uh, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. But, uh, you know, I put a little star on your email, may come back to it. But we did get an email from a uh, recently mentioned uh, Jasadi, who decided to put an end to our final duel. The last, I always want to call it the final duel. I know. Final count. It's no, the last duel between me and Clark about CG snow. Okay. Jasadi writes, Russ, I don't know what you've been smoking. <laughs> Maybe it's the bang bangs. Maybe it's the vid. But Polaroid clearly has CGI snow. That doesn't negate the fact that there was real snow at the end. <laughs> clearly, we see the lead actress, Catherine. Yes, I Googled that had somehow snow in her hair. The director clearly wanted that scene to be a winter wonderland. But that shit looks like a Snapchat filter. <laughs> Clark, with an E in your name, oh I'll mind you. God. Clark, you're a national treasure. Don't ever change. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> P.S. I DM'd the cinematographer of Polaroid to confirm the CG snow. He left me on red. Again, that is our best email. <laughs> resurrected segment. I don't like how he went political right after I'm talking about profile. How dare you? Um, and congratulations on the award. Love it. LGB. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> you All know, right. here's the problem. There are so many film fans who deeply in the core of their id, it has changed in, in the 2016 presidency. And they cannot laugh at that stupid ass joke. And they will be reviled that somebody has now called out where they stand in allegiance to a former president. I'm going to tell you, it's okay. You can laugh at it. It's really stupid. In fact, right, why well, the fuck aren't you laughing? Okay. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Ben Shapiro for his time here on the show. <laughs> Do not. That swarthy little prick. Do not. I honestly, honestly, one of my favorite YouTube channels you put me on. That's a hell of a Ben Shapiro. It's very good. What's his name? I always forget it. Kyle Dunnigan. Kyle Dunnigan. Fuck, he nails it's, it. It's scary. It's so good. It's you know what? Scary. You get an award, too. Let's come back, band. All right. For best, <laughs> Ben Shapiro impersonation, Kyle Dunnigan. All right. All right. Number two, Oksana Valerinova Osachi. Oh, um, <laughs> you weren't ready? Come on. I don't, I don't, I don't I never am. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> So I mentioned that uh, Profile almost made it onto my list, and I, I was hoping it ended up on someone else's, so I left it off even though I loved it, but I couldn't, I couldn't not include the Deep House on mine, so it is my number two. Oh, damn it. All yeah. right, crossover. I mean, it's, it's deserved. I think most underwater movies make me feel like I have to hold my breath, too. They make me feel claustrophobic, like I'm going to get crushed by the weight of the ocean, which just like added to how good this movie already is. So I loved it. Wow. I thought for sure that the deep house was so um, distant in like our, our love of like that uh, exploring that filmography that I would be the only one. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And I, I love that fish. I jumped so hard <laughs> at that fish both times. I think he showed up twice. 
I hate large fish. <laughs> but that's not why I jumped. <laughs> I don't know. I I I love this. I don't I don't understand how anyone could not love it. I mean, I get because the exposition with- is painful. Well, a lot of the storytelling. Uh, there's so many like subplots in that movie that never go anywhere. At the end of the day, though, I'm just like they were under fucking water oh, no. in a. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I, you know, I mean, if I had a, um, I could have put that in the section of missed theater opportunity, because man, I would have fucking loved to watch it in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely go if they showed this. Oh man, that would have crushed in the little Roxy. Oh, <laughs> you know, maybe not the little. It needs a bigger screen. Yes, that was the implied joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, they got it. They did. Well, they're savvy. <laughs> Randy Michael. Yes, sir. Number deuce. So there is a uh, filmmaker named Edgar Wright who made two films this year. One that I really did not care for called Last Night in Soho. Oh, wow. But Shots fired. He also introduced me to a band called Sparks. But this is not about his documentary, The Sparks Brothers. Oh, shit. This is about uh, the movie Annette, the musical featuring um, Adam Driver, who we're mentioning again, playing Henry McHenry, who is a stand-up comedian, maybe, (laughs) quote-unquote. The movie is a musical. It starts off with one of the best scenes of the year with um, Leos Carax and his daughter um, in a recording studio, uh, essentially starting off the movie. Um, and then Sparks uh, starts playing So May We Start, um, the song that opens the movie, and the band starts like dropping their instruments, and they start walking to the camera outside of the studio. Members of the cast, Adam Driver, uh, Marion Cotillard, show up, and they just start walking, and they all just start singing, and it's kind of like introducing the film and kind of what you're going to see and just saying, like, hey, this is, this is what you're in for. And, and uh, what you're in for is quite a wild ride. And that is the only joy you get in two and a half hours. That is and the maybe kind of all the characters are. True. It does kind of go down from there, but it started off so strong and it no, gets so weird. I didn't mean negatively. I'm, I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm just meaning like, you know, that's a, oh, such yeah. an upbeat performance oh, and everything. You don't mean negatively with him, but you come in on my picks and you fucking... No, it's like a tragedy. Call it mediocre. Sure. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, if you want to pick a middle-of-the-road found footage movie just to, you know, prop up your platform. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, Adam Driver is great. Marion Cotillard is great. The songs are very good. They're weird. I didn't really, like, know what Sparks' deal was before I watched this movie. Um, but, yeah, there's a, a lot of weird stuff in it. Uh, Baby Annette, who is played by a puppet for most of the movie, um, is just, you know, one of the the weirder things I saw in in a, in a theater this year, Clark and I both saw this together, and I took a, a gummy during the movie that we saw beforehand, which has been mentioned twice, and it did not start kicking in until about three hours later when we saw Annette. So it was perfect, and I loved it. And uh, I still, every once in a while, we'll just throw on the first 10 minutes on Amazon Prime to just get that, get that burst of that first opening scene. All right, we have a lot to, to, to cover here. Number one, I don't I will never understand your body and how it processes marijuana. It takes two and a half weeks for you to get high. Number two, I'm so glad you picked this. I'm so glad that, that this was your number two. Uh, this did not make my list, and I absolutely love Annette. Um, but I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's up your alley. 
I know you have an appreciation for Sparks. And who I, are you talking to? To you. Oh. And I imagine that you would have... Have you seen any of Leo's uh, Carrick's? Did you ever see Holy Motors? No, That's I the big one. I'm super interested. I think Holy Motors is is definitely... Um, Wait, Holy Motors? Did he do rubber? Oh, no, no. I showed no. you... No, that's um, that's our other guy, Quentin Depew. Okay, who I did see his like buddy comedy fly movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, I love that one. What was that called? Mandibles. Did that come out in twenty twenty one? Yes, it did. Twenty twenty two? No, it came out twenty twenty one. Oh shit! Well, there's a mention. I love that movie. Totally forgot. There you go. Um, I did not see it. It may. I probably would have loved it. Yeah, you would have. I know. I love him. Um, fuck. What was I saying? Um, uh, Holy Motors. Yes, no, I showed you, I showed you his, uh, segment in, uh, Tokyo. That was great, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Very surreal, but, uh, anchored in reality. Yeah. Which is a hard line to walk. Annette is purposefully <laughs> difficult. Okay. Yeah. And it is a, um, symphony of drudge oh i like that it is it's not the most fun watch okay but it can be our theater i think randy i think we had a couple people behind us they were digging it i think the people to the left of us did not know where they were (laughs) i don't know if they knew that they were at the movie. Um, they, they they hung in there. They came for Kylo yeah. Ren and got confused. But at one point, I heard the woman go, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. Is it because of this puppet? Is she supposed to be human? What is up with this thing? Yeah, all right. That's a child that they have. That is, that is played by a puppet. America watching, watching Annette. <laughs> well, she's watching a GIF on a... All right, uh, Annette is my honorary number six. I mean, also, you said the baby was played by a puppet. I'm like, okay... A swaddled baby who's you only see the face. That's fine if it's a puppet. No, no, it's very yeah, intentionally um, fake. There's a lot of like artifice in the movie that is like intentional. There's like a scene where uh, Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard are on on, like a boat, and there's like a lot of like crashing waves and stuff. But you can tell it's really fake and that it's like in a studio and that there's like rear projection and everything. But I don't know. He's a I think he's really kind of like a student of like French new wave almost like he feels very like playful with the way he makes movies sometimes. Um, and I don't know, just like emphasizing stuff like that is cool. It felt well, like, I don't know how much money. More... Randy, he, you sound uh, like he, they're doing a Douglas Cirque thing where it's like heightened yeah. reality, but confrontedly yeah. like fake. I'm sure. Douglas totally. Cirque would be up his alley. Yeah. And it's a reality. musical, you know, it's like, what is more fake than people just like singing their feelings in song through. A two-hour-long uh, movie. I've seen it happen organically in Bad Trip, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does look like it's supposed to be like a theater stage production, but it's a movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. Annette. Haven't seen what it. about Ben Annette? Ooh, Damn. Damn. You could have just done both movies, Clark. Been like, my favorite's Ben Annette. Ben Annette. Ben Annette. I forgot the, uh, even when I try to spell it many times, I forget the. Uh. My number two is a film that I watched this morning. This <laughs> is my ringer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Now, I, I, I want to 
I want to preface here. Now, if you guys remember, um, I'm trying. Last year, we did our, you know, top, we did our top five of that year. And then we also did our top five of the decade because we entered a new decade. Oh my God. We did that? We did that. Oh, that sounds so irritating. um, (laughs) On my list, one of my favorite movies of the 2010s came out in 2015. Uh, We call that Right Smack in the Middle. Is a film called Men and Chicken from Denmark. I remember. Absolutely love this film. Well, uh, that director, Anders Thomas Jensen, had a new film that came out this year. Ooh. It's his follow-up to Men and Chicken, and it's basically most of the people from Men and Chicken. Except, instead of Mads Mikkelsen playing a probably a possible victim of incest and uh, cleft lip, he plays a soldier whose wife is killed and he's not too happy about it. Marcus <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> Marcus goes home to his teenage daughter Matilda when his wife dies in a tragic train accident. It seems like an accident until a mathematics geek who has who also was a fellow passenger on the train and his two colleagues show up. So essentially what happens is that Mads Mikkelsen is serving in a war. Mads Mikkelsen has a wife. Mads Mikkelsen has a daughter. And they get on a train. That train blows up. The wife dies. The daughter lives. There's a nerd with a tiny, tiny arm. It's explained in the film. (laughs) He tracks down Mads Mikkelsen and says, I was actually on the train and I'd done some calculations and I think this was a terrorist attack. And Mads Mikkelsen is a soldier, and he's looking for blood. The reason why this film works is because it's uh, it's darkly comedic, and again, you know, it's exactly what you would expect coming from just an insane movie like Men and Chicken. And this is these movies could not be more different, but you definitely can see the connective tissue here, and that's what I I, I could not love this film more. Um, you get a ragtag group of people that really shouldn't belong together, and they make a teamwork. However, they don't change throughout this movie. There is no great moment where you know he realizes he's he's beating up people on his team the entire thing because he's like, "Look, you are the nerds. You're getting me the information, and I'm just going to kill some motherfuckers." <laughs> Um, but then there's then there's a uh, a twist in Act Three that kind of throws everything on its head. It's just so much fun. It's great. I cried. I love Riders of Justice. I do realize I haven't named the film until <laughs> right now. Riders of Justice uh, came out this year. Just I- incredible. Uh, love 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 this movie. Matt's still need to check it out. It's so much fun. Now you keep saying this year, and I want to ask twenty twenty two. What the f- the year that we're talking <laughs> okay, about? Okay, just yeah. want to make sure you, you were you were teasing me there. The year in reference. All right, RJ. Oh, it's my. All right, what what are we down to for you? Uh, horror or indie? <sighs> I have a feeling. Horror. I have a feeling. I know your horror. Oh, how bold! So, take a guess. I feel like you might be right. I'm going to say Malignant. 
No, you you mentioned it in your list, and it wasn't on. I, I said I doubled down on that. Nightmare Alley. No, that's not a horror movie. It's not. I don't it's know a noir. <laughs> it's noir vember, dude. All right, well, pick it's a the- category. Horror. Let's just stick with horror. Your favorite horror okay. movie of the year. My favorite horror movie. Now, what uh horror? God, it's a that's a big umbrella. There's a lot under there. So I wanted to stay as like kind of basic bitch and to the point. I mean, we talk a lot about indie and overlooked horror movies on here. Um, every guest we have, I love them. Uh, I think they're important. That's why we share those movies with you. But um this film could have even fallen. You know, here's the thing. When you're a horror fan, you, eventually you go down the path so far, you become an elitist. There's just, you always have an opinion. It's what happens when you deal with shit you love. Clark has many opinions on the watches he buys. And I have many opinions on the horror movies I watch. This one, I thought, very low of. Came into the theater and uh, had to pick my job off the floor. Because fucking Halloween Kills rocked my world. Oh I absolutely loved it. I, I thought about putting it in God. my fantasy film. It's got kind of that like Dynasty Warriors. Like there's just one dude at the center of this uh, town and he's just uh, unstoppable. But can I ask you uh, just a quick question? Yeah, yeah. You being a contrarian your entire life, where did this come from? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. I can't help it. Everyone on the planet Earth hates this movie. I know. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, we're kind of dealing with the deep house again. We're rolling in the deep, as one said, a great poet and songwriter. Randy, cut that out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the thing with Halloween Kills is it's all about the kills, baby. <laughs> I mean, there's there are parts of this movie where I was I literally cringed. And yet I fucking I was on a roller coaster ride. I this movie could have had no plot. It could have been completely surreal. G- give me some own Shandalu where uh, Michael Myers shows up at your house. You know he's coming. You're aware of the films, and yet he's gonna murder you and uh, your maybe not boyfriend because it's not clear because they never mention if they're actually a couple or even if they're gay. They just are both named John, and one's taller than the other. Big John, Low John. Yeah, and I mean, fantastic. I had so much fucking fun. Let's be very clear. One hundred percent gay. Uh, they don't say it though. They're gay. I mean, I'd like to imagine them. Uh, they were very supportive, I'd and hung, they had I'd a beautiful hang out house. In a second. Yeah, for sure. Silk robes. Let's party. Now, if they were both turned out to be straight, that would honestly be a little weird. That's also more, maybe slightly more interesting. Yeah, yeah, true. But I mean, this movie opened up in a fucking literal hole. We complained about Nightmare Alley that opened up with fire and the digging of a grave and a body and it's like this is literally where halloween kills starts michael myers is in a death uh, a, a grave of death uh created for him and he crawls his way out now that's a hole i would say in the writer's room it's hard to write out of that and make it interesting well here's what you do take america's heroes the ones that have never been touched the firefighters make them feel like modern day warriors and again, they're not armed with guns. They're armed with fucking melee weapons, which I just talked about. I loved earlier. They've even got armor. They're even prepared for fire. And they are there at the gates of hell. And they are destroyed by Michael Myers in a way that made me feel like I was fucking 12. I, it was incredible. It was a treatment I had never seen. And, you know, man, uh, there's so this movie's such a mess that I can only say that it's like a fucking roller coaster ride that uh, robs you of brain cells. Yet you'll wait in three hours to get back on it. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight, dude. I mean, I'm getting the tattoo. I think it works out that I can have it on my knuckles. 
So I can evil dies. It doesn't work out, nope. uh, but I'll have to cancel that appointment. But I fucking loved it. And the fact that people hate it, I'm not going to lie. It kind of, uh-huh. it becomes that band thing in high school. Where you're it's like, your origin story. It's like, you know what? Comes. You don't get it. You don't fucking get it. In fact, uh, shout out to my mom who bought me Halloween Kills uh, shirt and pajama pants. Oh boy. They're incredibly comfortable and they're from Fright Rags, which means they probably cost $400. Does it have the Rotten Tomato score on those? <laughs> it's just a bunch of 13 what, 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 what was the Rotten Tomato score? I think, we, it, I think it was painfully low. I will say that when I pulled this up on the IMDb right now, um, like the name uh, David Gordon Green and Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, the pantheon of horror uh, icons, it's all in orange. IMDb gets it. I fucking love this movie. And I'll tell you right now, this energy, I, why do I feel like there's just a vampire waiting for me in the theater for the next one? It's going to drain me of my life, and I'm going to come out a husk of a human, robbed of my soul, and I'll probably fucking hate it. Word. Halloween kills, man. I loved Actually, it's an hour and 45 minutes, too. I'm shocked. The movie blew by. The, like, the mob mentality in that one was really interesting, It too. felt like, you know, there's social commentary efforts uh, that just fall flat, and they don't work, and I think I love that. Where it's like, oh, the mob here, they're out of control, they're in the building. And it's like, and they fucking suck. And Michael Myers killed them. Damn. And also, I mean, a shout out to Scary Thoughts. They really dismantle this movie, like, systematically. They could not have hated it more. And I love that podcast, because, you know, I kind of agree with them. But also, Michael Myers was fucking cool in this movie. He was kind of cool. Also, you know, um, a movie that didn't make my list, but was very close, Scream 5. I... I you know, honestly, Scream 5, it's just a little bit too good. And uh, Halloween Kills, I don't, man, this is a movie that uh, we had, we had I a love. JC. Yeah. And um, Jim Cummings in the beginning. Yeah, we had Jim Cummings and the other JC, John Carpenter. And the other JC, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's got 40% um, on Rotten Tomatoes, Whole... 66 audience score. Wow, it is in the gutter. All right, cue it up. <laughs> All right. All right. We did it. Our number one film of the year. Oksana, the honors is yours. <laughs> Clark is currently falling asleep. I am so sorry. <laughs> I don't feel I... well, and I don't know what's happening. <laughs> the, the vid round two. Right, shut that off, please. Okay. <laughs> Number one. This century, please. Number one. Um, if I had a top theater experiences list, <laughs> this would be on it. Um, I don't know why that made me laugh. I don't it felt like a shot at me and my beautiful way of curating my uh, personal opinion. Dude, Cats was like three years ago, so it can't be that. I think this was the first movie of the year that made me think of, I made a mental note to put it on my top list at the end of the year. Um, it, It's nobody. Whoa. Wow. So here's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like an obviously good movie. Um, Bob Odenkirk is like a not- someone i would think of like carrying an action movie that well but why he does. not i don't know he's just like that was that was tongue-in-cheek of course yeah of course <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I mean, he makes it look effortless, which was I'm, great. Not which I know it was not. But I this because of this movie and like it's well written um villain it's amazing russian pop soundtrack there russian we go pop I, I is my number one listen to genre this year especially the song that plays when he cuts up someone's face <laughs> i feel like um it kind of changed it changed a lot which is like it makes you think about how powerful like a soundtrack could be that song is really good it got me into like I guess embracing like Russian language, Russian music, which uh, kind of like made me talk to my parents more about their childhood. What the? And it it like was a domino effect. So um, yeah, good. A well written villain is a very powerful thing, and so is a good soundtrack. Oh, words Hitchcock live by. Nice. Also, <laughs> you look like you're getting emotional talking about nobody. I'm not. Look at that. Also, there's a theme with your list. It's uh, music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a shame you were too high to enjoy uh, The Runner. <laughs> I'll rewatch it. <laughs> she she was so hyped for that movie, and she went to bed. Yeah. Like, it was late. Yeah. For which one? For The Runner, the boy harsher for thing. For the half hour long movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> God, she conked out of that one. Like Clark in a Shakespeare film. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> All right. Was that it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I imagined I would say more about it, but uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe I don't need to. No, this is a great choice. Yeah, uh, I, I I honestly had to uh, push this out because I, I had a great time with this. and But Writers of Justice kind of hit that hit that spot for me. You know, I saw it twice in the theater, and the second time it kind of lost a little bit of that uh, flair for me. I I mean, it's still a great film, but like um, when I after that second viewing, I was kind of like, okay, I'm I'm good with it. Do we even <laughs> own it? Did we buy it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think we did. I don't think you did. I don't think we did. I don't think you did. <laughs> I'll double check. Okay, <laughs> Bezos it right now, dude. Randy Michael. Yes, sir. It's go time. Did you want to guess? You felt very confident. Oh, he's throwing down the gauntlet. It's the I last mean, duel I mean, all over again. Here's the thing. I have to go with this guess. Wait, wait, um, you need some betting music. Come on, come on. I have to go with this guess. I saw you've rated this movie five stars. You don't rate anything five stars. <laughs> I don't see how you could crowbar in transit into this year's <laughs> list. Um, you did not mention it in things that you omitted, so I'm going to have to guess licorice pizza. I would love it to be is, wrong, by the way. You are wrong. It is not licorice pizza. I almost had Baby. a film by an Anderson as my number one, which would have been About Endlessness by Roy Anderson. Okay, if you would have said the French Dispatch, you would have been fired from the show. <laughs> yeah, I did not care for the French Dispatch, but uh, I'm stalling here because we've already talked about it a lot, and we've talked about it on the show like five times, and it's the Green Knight. Damn, baby, two top fives. Yeah, right. it's uh, you know, if there's anyone that could get me to give a shit about a fantasy movie, it's a, it's David Lowry, who I've really enjoyed, kind of making an event of seeing his movies whenever they come out now. Um. 
pretty much since a ghost story, I've really just looked forward to whatever he's done. Except for Pete's Dragon, which I've still not seen. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This movie is um, is beautiful. I think he the way he works with CG and, uh, you know, real life um, scenery and stuff just blends like perfectly. Uh, it's very dreamy. It's very like kind of an existential like fantasy movie. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to chew on. Um, one of my favorite scenes is Alicia Vikander, uh, the second character she plays like in the middle of the movie where she's just talking about the color green and talking about like the earth and nature and kind of like themes of the movie and jacking um, it off. <laughs> yeah. And that's cool too. And then, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a movie that really the last two seconds just like completely sealed the deal for me. Uh, Your guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In kind of like he did. Right. He came buckets. And this is the only film I saw twice in theaters this year. Oh, damn. I really wanted to see it again, but I didn't. Randy, in retrospect, you and I had a hell of a movie day that day. Yeah, Green Knight and Annette. Yeah, man. Top two. It was uh, Randy's going away party. That's how we do it. All right. I want to point out two things. One, uh, I think it's a weird twist of fate that the Green Knight had made both of your lists. Honestly, when I was drafting mine, it was the first film I wrote down every time. I'm like, all right. You know, honestly, anybody paying attention to our show, they probably think it's on mine. I am a little bit of a contrarian, but honestly, I just, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't put it on mine. And I think it was really just, I was blown away by the last duel, but it's fantastic that both of you who are avent, uh, not fans of fantasy, it made both. Yeah. And David Lowry, here, here's another thing though. This is what I'm worried about with the fucking Viking movie. When it's like such in my wheelhouse, I get weird and I'm like, I don't I know. know if I can watch it. And I'm, I'm worried it's going to become one of these things. And, um, the other thing that I think about constantly, and I think it actually hurts my letterbox, is what Clark did, where you came in and you thought, based on a rating he gave, that it would be his number one. And honestly, part of the reason why I don't fuck with letterboxes is I know you two will see it. I'm following the line of logic I have, dude. I'm a detective. <laughs> but even on uh, in Instagram, whenever I, I talk about a movie that uh, we're gonna, or like I post a movie that's coming up on the show, I don't like to put how I thought about it, because I want people to like tune in and kind of be like, all right, what do we got? But like on Letterboxd, when you straight up are putting a one to five, I always get where I'm like, Randy's going to see this instantly and just come in kind of bored. So I, I don't like really fuck with Letterboxd. What did you give Green Knight on Letterboxd? I think four and a half. It's okay, so then how, how does it beat Licorice Pizza, which you gave a five? I could maybe go lower on Licorice Pizza. <laughs> I kind of like rated it like the moment that it finished on the screen. I was just like, I don't know, kind of loved it, but I feel like I need to see it again as well. Now, what I just did, honestly, is unfair because, you know, whenever we rate movies, it's a moment in time. Sure. It's a snapshot. Yeah. But it's also one of those dumb dilemmas where it's like, and we all take it too seriously and it's like, well, people are going to look at this and they're going to think that's a five star. For well, me. that's why you should do a Sean Baker. You don't rate shit. I know. And um, same thing True. with Mickey from The Three Friends. He told me, you know, there's a lot of times I just put it up there. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I could do it because honestly, when I go to Goodreads, I like to look at what I thought at that time. But again, it goes counter to the show because I don't want you guys to see it. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, congratulations to you two. I am so thrilled that it made your list. Hell of a day. Hell of a day. <laughs> Is that a drag queen? Hell of a day. Hell of a day. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> British. You better watch out, dude. 
Ruinon's coming for you. My number one film may come as a surprise. This film was talked about a lot. I think, you know, people are like, what's what's going on with this movie? I don't understand what this movie means, but it has affected me in a very deep way. And of course, you know, I'm talking about music from Sia. <laughs> oh, well, wait, dude, audience, we're paying you. <laughs> Applause break. Cut it. Hard cut. They, they got sucked out of the room. <laughs> no, um, we've already mentioned it. Uh, it's Teton. Oh, really? Is your number one? It's Teton. Here's why. Because fucking cars. I'm sorry. Um, that was my that was my revenge for profile. I mean, you know, upon reflection, cars know, fuck. <laughs> cars do fuck, dude. Don't you forget it. So I, mm, I saw Titan in Phoenix at the AMC Deer Valley, right off Interstate 17 in Phoenix, Arizona. When I got out of that movie, I didn't know, very akin to Oksana's review here, um, I knew that something had happened to me, but I didn't know <laughs> what it was. Um, and I, that movie permeated with me so much to where I just had to put it number one, because I have reflected on that possibly more than any other film. And when I think about the visceral experience that I had while watching this, there's there's no way for me to not put it at number one. And then also, I will always remember this movie because I will always remember the Uber ride home I had after this movie where I was picked up by a 75-year-old grandmother um, <laughs> who would not shut the fuck up. And she wanted to talk about that movie. Oh, really? Yes. She's like, so what What? What picture did you see? That's right. I remember you telling this story. And I had to explain to a grandmother what I had just seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And because, now, you know, Julia DeCorneau, I mean, gee whiz, what a talent. Yeah. You know, Raw was unreal. I believe Raw was my favorite movie that, she, uh, that year when that came out. Raw is still the film I think about when I think about filming a band. That concert scene, yeah. still, I, it holds with me. Yeah. Well, the same thing with the opening of the, or the opening, the, um, the, the opening with Titan, I thought was a little cute. Um, I also think it wasn't about the film. I think it was about, uh, masculine and feminine coming together, which is kind of like the strip tease she was doing on the car. Yeah. Which I thought was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more prone to the one on the ambulance at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a powerful moment. Man. Man. Um, just, I mean, unreal. Just, again, visceral. And also, I think that the reason why it confused me is because it's, they're different movies. <laughs> uh, between really, you know, the first part and, the and you know, if we, if we were to split it down the middle. Yeah. You know, first act, this is 100% a horror film. And it's brutal. And then we go into this you know, familial drama where we're playing with, um, you know, gender association and, and what all that means and what, and she's leaking motor oil out of her tits and she's about to have a, a car baby. We don't know what's going on. 
and it's just just beautiful. Yeah, that split is uh, a thing I thought about a lot. Where it's kind of she's a female who's uh, very hyper masculine, and then she pretends to be a male who's very feminine. Yeah, and it's I the thing I loved was her father in that film. Oh man, the adoptive one at the end, who's shooting roids, literally shooting up like testosterone. Yet he's the most emotionally available. Yeah, and it's odd. Everything there is just a juxtaposition or, uh, you know, food for thought. And just, you know, the, the exploration of identity is, is always going to be interesting for me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with, like, film culture, but we're getting a lot more, like, maybe it's just the way that uh, film travels now. Like, Film Fest being online, and they're kind of available more often. I feel like I'm kind of uh, waist-deep in thoughtful indie films and i think i kind of shied away from them this year like um like looking at my list i I really didn't go for any of them i mean like the green knight i would put in there where normally i love like a hyper pretension and like metaphor Ah, this year i wasn't feeling it though i'm i'm glad y'all were there to catch it though because these films needed to be talked about especially nobody talk about a pretentious film (laughs) about metaphor and mixed themes yeah it's great all right, my last one, uh, indie. You know, I don't even uh, indie film. What the fuck does that even mean? Crystal Skull. I mean, we've got like such a chasm of a uh, budget. We're like most of the films are either micro budget or they're multi million dollar movies. And honestly, the like what my biggest budget was probably Halloween Kills. I mean, what is your favorite indie film? Temple of Doom. <laughs> That's a good one. Was it Randy? Should I have played the audience? I liked for him? it. Indy. No, I Indiana liked it though. Jones. Oh, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. If I had the energy, I would stand up and bow. <laughs> I really like the laughing with the clapping. It's such a like crescendo. Kind of like my film, Indie. You know what? Indie, what does Indie mean to us nowadays? I would say it's a, oh man, indie film for me when like IFC was a channel that had some uh, weight, some like heft in its programming. I mostly would contextualize indie as edgy and like new ideas and things I watch and I'm like, whoa, that felt like nothing. Like, I think this is why Gummo and Harmony Korine is such a powerful uh, player in modern cinema. It's just you watch Gummo and you're like, the fuck? Like, I thought I knew what a movie was. And then I watched this thing and I don't know what's going on or how I feel. And, you know, I had that experience this year and it really felt weird. And it, you know, it's just like, I forgot what it felt like to kind of be watching a movie and just like, well, I don't know where we're going, but I'm loving every minute. And, uh, you know, it's good to have a female director in here at my I guess. My number one, I really do feel very strongly about this film. And uh, the scariest 61st. I fucking love that damn movie. Huh? What's the scariest 61st? I, um, you know, Red Scare is a podcast that I enjoy deeply. Uh, and I was always, I always wondered, like, it's interesting when you, when you enjoy somebody's opinion of film and then they make one. Because you're like, well, now you get to kind of manifest your imagination here. And this film dealing with a ghost in New York in an apartment is not a new idea. But when that ghost might be Epstein, it's like, what are we doing? And like the content, it wasn't treated lowbrow. We weren't punching down on Epstein fans. We were kind of putting him on a, 
on a platform and a pedestal and then laughing at that and then acknowledging that we're kind of on there. I mean, how many fucking jokes do we make about Epstein? I, I, on Epstein's it's so island. weird. The, the conversation, the understanding of film technique, the, uh, the way they just handled acting, the way that they kind of turn a uh, pair of women going down an internet rabbit hole into a male gaze lesbian thing. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Benedetta where we're dealing with kind of like uh, unscrupulous characters who you root for, maybe for the wrong reasons. Um, another thing, I'm not a fan of New York. I think uh, living, <laughs> living sardine style with hundreds of people in a sprawling fucking metropolis is not... I feel trapped when I'm in New York. You, I'm like, you do understand that more than a hundred people live in New York. I do. <laughs> okay. No, I know. And I'm, I'm just saying it's like this urban landscape that it goes as far as the eye can see. I come from the Bay area. Yeah. San Francisco is very tiny. And there are times where I feel fucking trapped here. Uh, scary as 61st, man, it made me kind of like uh, New York. I love the, uh, you know, my favorite thing about New York is just the architecture and kind of how you can have a corporate uh, tower made of glass that, you know, just embodies how boring modern uh, architecture can be right next to like a cathedral who's guarded by a fucking shelf of gargoyles. And this film, it kind of explores the in-between where you get like interesting craftsmanship for a boring modern building. But uh I don't know, the B-roll in here, the urban fantasy, the uh, new voice. I mean, this is our first feature film. We're talking uh, Dasha yeah. N. And man, I fucking loved it. And I'm a little mad there isn't a physical copy. Don't fucking make me buy a digital copy. Because the thing is, that shit can disappear overnight. And you're like, I thought I owned it. What are you talking about disappear overnight? Dude, it's just uh, digital platforms. Like, um, yeah. Like, think about owning a digital copy of a movie through YouTube. Now, oh, do you mean an NFT? No, not an NFT. No, no. <laughs> so here's here's the thing that can happen. Say you are a like Epstein enthusiast and you like to get weird and you have your own corkboard with a uh, yarn. And uh, say you start mouthing off in the comment section of YouTube and they ban you. Now, if you've bought thirty fucking films on YouTube, you don't own those movies anymore. And, uh, you know, they're kind of trigger happy with the ban button nowadays. It's gone. Imagine your whole library just going away. Okay, great. Well, guess what? Here, I'll throw another scenario okay. at you since we're, we're in hypothetical town. Uh, okay. Let's say you're in your um, living room uh -huh. and you have 30,000 Blu-rays in your living room and a marauder comes in in the middle of the night <laughs> and slits your fucking throat. You lose those movies, too. <laughs> well, I, you lose your life also. Yeah, I will tell you and on you Instagram. Will when the government here, gets this you because you're story. running your trap about Epstein. You don't think you're going to lose your <laughs> life either? Hey, we've been <laughs> hacked by Russia before. I'm not scared about fucking yeah, Epstein. Thanks, Oksana. I'm not from there. Now uh, she's from the Ukraine. All right, your, num your number one movie. That's now what I'm saying. I, I again, I'll shut the book on this. I feel I feel the glare from Clark under his glasses that I'm running too long. Um. You know, my, my list, even though they're not in top five, uh, they're films that I still feel strongly about, and I uh, stand by them. Great. No, I think I think we all had wonderful list here. Uh, very quickly, if we all want to, one more time, run down our five to one. Russell, figure out whatever the fuck order you want to do, because you didn't have the five to one. <laughs> I'll so. just figure it out. 
Um, I got a question for Russell before we do that. Yeah, yeah. No more goddamn music. Oh, okay. All right, guys. I'm sorry. You got to go. All right, they're gone. I know you have multiple topics for each of your top five. Is pig on any of those? For you, mine personally? Yeah. Oh, man. Why Why pig? I'm curious why you bring that up. I don't know. One. I felt well, like you, you liked pig you. a lot, but I fell asleep when we first saw it. But then I rewatched it and really dug it. Oh, man. I had that. Yeah, I had that on my potential list you know pig was really weird for me pig didn't do it for me you know and it's i love the way that pig like was subverting like a popular like big budget um action movies uh, but i don't pig was pig oh man i don't know i i really liked pig i just i if i yeah. don't know if you can tell i just avoided saying love and i don't know why I love the the way they treated Portland. I thought, you know, it confused me with the underground fight club with the chef thing. Yeah, there were I get things. That. I love cooking though, even though I can't, and I love the artistry that goes in there. And um, I don't know. It felt like it wasn't for me. I think hmm. it just, but I, but I really like it. I don't know. It. I honestly, I didn't even consider it for my top five. And also, Oksana, I'm a little shocked uh, we didn't get a little Psycho Gorman. I thought about it. I know. Um, I really enjoyed Psycho Gorman. Um, I don't know. It, it was tough. I mean, I had other reasons for picking what I did. Again, a film we watched multiple times. I mean, we brought the damn director on twice. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where it's like we were so exposed to it that it, you know, you lose that passion. All right, Oksana, you're five to one. Um, my honorable mention was the Abaduk, which is a racer trash short that blew my mind not allowed Five, so <laughs> mine is candisha spine of night titan <laughs> titan titan uh the deep house and nobody solid list randy michael yeah mine is i blame society summer of soul labyrinth of cinema annette and then the green knight love it number five benign Alternative title, Bad Ben 9. Talk to Nigel Buck about it. <laughs> Number four, Benedetta. Number three, The Green Knight. Number two, Riders of Justice. Number one, Titan. All right, my five in the order that I covered them. My favorite fantasy, The Last Duel. My favorite um, hybrid film, uh, The Deep House. My favorite theater experience was Profile which I saw twice. My uh, favorite horror film of the year was Halloween Kills. And my uh, my favorite edgy indie cinema was the scary of 61st. <laughs> good deal. I th these were good lists. And also I think that um, we did a good job of, you know, um, not just rehashing a lot of films that we talked That's why the lookies are, are somewhat difficult, right? And, you know, to justify a two-hour show, what we're not going to own right here, um, you know, it, we just don't want it to be a retread. So that's why part of the reason I struggled with my list, because I didn't want it to be all retread, and that's why I had to throw a ringer in there. Also, uh, what's the point of this show if we're not talking about shit other people aren't? I, I well, do think yeah, that it's true. valuable, so, yeah. I mean, honestly, if anyone's really good at that, it's Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so an award goes to, I'm not going to, Randy, you get the award for being best. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, this wrapped it up. Thank you all for listening. We are closing the books on 2021. And we'll see you 
never again. This is our last show, too, because we want to mirror the cellar dwellers. All right. In solidarity. (laughs) So, fuck you all. (laughs) Suck it. Piss on my grave.